Yo, welcome to another edition of the Speaker Geeker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve-O Steve, and I'm back with my partners in the Chevy. We driving down Tichkalum, what is it, Tichamala? You, you, you. Tichamala, Tichamala. However you want to call it. Yeah. I know we headed towards popular. That's all I'm gonna say. Not a doubt. Nowhere near popular. Oh my bad. <laughs> well, you know, you know who ain't from Memphis. My That's bad. That's on y'all. Shelby Drive. You, I, you might I come just, down Shelby Drive. Hey, I just like saying popular. I love it. Popular. Hey. Yeah. But nevertheless, we are back. We are here. We are. Happy to be here to give y'all another episode of the Speaker Giga Podcast, the podcast that I know you all love. Um, yo, man, we are here with an episode, man. This week's episode, we are focusing on giving people their flowers while they're here. Yeah. Just simple as that. Yep. Giving people their flowers while they're here. And we got a got a great topic for you. We're going to go down a couple roads and we're going to bring it all together. Um, but also, you know, we also going to be bringing you Hey, your favorite segments, your favorite segments with G, what's in your speakers? And then with Tommy T, what's the T for the week? All the news, as we say. So without further ado, please, 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 please go back and check out last week's episode. And also, while you're there, you can subscribe so you never miss another episode. And then if you find us on YouTube, hit that bell. It says subscribe as well so that you don't miss anything that we are doing. So without further ado, let's get into it, man. How y'all week been? Good. 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 It's good. Been, it been fire. It's yeah, been, been, been a good about. week, man. It's really that been one. a good week. MK came out, man. I, I ain't seen you shut up. I ain't gonna say no more. I ain't say no more. Yo, I watched yeah. it twice already. So, hey, yeah. that's good news. That's what I needed to hear. Yeah, I've only watched it once, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Me, me and Tommy T already had our discussion on the phone. Yeah, after it, uh, and we didn't finish our discussion. So, uh, we'll eventually get to it at some point. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. actually do a review and upload it to uh, YouTube. Yeah. My thoughts. So that's what's yeah, up, man. Because I saw a lot of mixed reviews, man. I saw yeah. a lot of people saying, like, some people saying they didn't like it, some people saying they really liked it. And so I was like, mm. damn, bro, what's the consensis for real? If, if I got it's it's really it's really upon yourself. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. with me and Steve talking about it, we had two different views. Okay. But I understood, like, I understand where the views come from, you know. So. Yeah. But yeah. we didn't say that we didn't like it. No, we, we just didn't. had some. <laughs> now we had some same thoughts, and we was like, and you know, but we are, you know, we're like Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, like right, it's <laughs> for real. Yeah. So you do something off, and we're like, the fuck is that? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Right, right, um, right. But nevertheless, man, I, 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 I hey. I still give a thumbs up like we yeah. thought it would be. The CGI is for amazing. Sure. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. They definitely brought the life. It's looking forward to that. So we'll love to have G's input. Um, hey, maybe next week. Next week. Next week's yeah, episode. We talking about, we talking about I will definitely have seen it, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I might even see that jump today. Just depending on how my schedule do. I'm definitely going to watch it again. So yeah. probably going to watch it again today. Did anybody catch UFC fight last night? No, but I seen the results, man. Hey, yeah. I hey. somebody break their leg or something? Woo. Yeah, Chris somebody Weidman. said that. Yeah, 
Chris Weidman uh, broke his leg. Uh, first yeah. kick he threw in the fight. Actually, the first probably anything that was thrown in the fight that he was in. It was uh, Chris Weidman versus, uh, and I, I don't want to miss his name, Uriah Hall. Uh, mm. So the 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 weird, the I guess weird thing about it is this ass actually happened twice. Yeah. And he has been still. in... Yeah, see, he was fighting Anderson Silva and Anderson Silva threw a kick and broke his leg. Mm. And now Chris Wyman threw a kick uh, uh, towards uh, Uriah Hall and broke his leg. So it was like really eerie type of mm-hmm. deal that happened. Um, so, nah, man, it was a great event. You know, I'm a, I'm a big UFC guy, a big fight guy, period. So I ordered the fight last night. Uh, from hey, from the beginning, from from the beginning to the end, nothing went past two rounds. It was a lot of, uh, it was a great fight night. I, I mean, it was a weird one though, like the leg breaking, and then the very first fight uh, on not the prelims, but of the main card. Um, Anthony Smith threw this kick, and pretty much kicked this guy's nerve up. I don't know what, but his leg would not work anymore. <laughs> At least in the fight, he couldn't he couldn't stand on it. He could barely walk on it, uh, and so he had to be rushed to the hospital. Well, Anthony Smith is fine, but the uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Uh, sorry, but his leg was he pretty much couldn't walk on it. Uh, so like that, and and then you go into a leg breaking. Uh, off of a kick being thrown, it was an eerie moment. And then you go on to the next fight with uh, Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade's. And that was a amazing fight. But Shevchenko is just, she's just, oh man, she's just amazing. Uh, and then you go on to, um, you go on to Thug Rose. Uh, Rose number news. Yes, I know I just messed up her last name. Yeah, you uh, tried to say it real fast. Hey, but I love I love Rose. I really do. Uh her versus uh um Wayne Lay. Wei Lay. Uh she's amazing too, but goodness gracious, t- she took this kick to the neck. She was out. Uh, mm. first round. So yeah. Thug Rose a champ once again in the strawweight division. And then, man, we got on to the main event where, whew, we second round. That punch from Usman to Masvidal. Boy, you just saw the sweat come off his head. He was out. And the crazy thing is, that's the first time Masvidal's ever been knocked out. Mm, really? Like, he's never been knocked out. So, that was amazing. Um, oh, that's the dude that uh, used to be in them little street fights. Yeah, Masvidal, Masvidal. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But he's been he's been doing his thing in the UFC for a Has long he? time. Uh, hasn't he's never? Well, he won the BMF belt, but we uh, I don't really know. We don't really count that belt as a real belt, but it's cool. Uh, yeah. But you know, I mean, Masvidal ain't nobody to sneeze at. So right, right. Uh, he's a very dangerous individual, but um, Usman is just a he's a monster, man. He's a monster. And man, he threw this punch, and it was lights out. Mm. It was lights out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I saw the video footage of that. I didn't yeah. see that. <clears throat> Being the first person to knock out someone—that's, I mean, that shows you that's a lot in itself. You know, yeah. if you've never been like knocked out in a fight, yeah. so. But here we are today. So that's crazy. I'm ready. I'm ready. I can't wait to have fight parties again. 
because it was just me and my son here yelling at the TV. And then oh, I have really? to make a, like a phone call. And then my wife is like, Kena's on the couch like, oh, what happened? And I'm like, you see this? She calls some and be like, oh, okay. And then there's others where she's like, uh, okay, what happened? And we'd be like, oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. See, oh, really, into, really into that fight stuff. I can just, I don't know, man. I'm just not into it like that. But that leg, that breaking leg stuff, man, I I feel him on that. I broke my leg. Steve, you For real? Yeah. Mm. I, I broke my leg, leg like uh, in football practice, man. Mm-hmm. We was practicing in the gym, jumped in the air, catch a ball, came down, leg just snapped in two, man. Damn. Tibla and the fibula. Now I got a rod in my leg, man. It's, it's all good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It just broke when you landed. It it snapped in two. Damn. And then so the thing was, everybody was like, "Well, did you land wrong?" No, <laughs> because if I was landing wrong, my ankle would have been yeah messed up somehow. But um, I always tell people, man, I jumped so high, man, when I came down, my mm-hmm. leg just broke. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a powerful jump, man. God, that's just crazy. Bro. That shit is wild, man. It's crazy yeah. you say that, man. I was uh, I was hooping the other day and just like shooting around and shit. And I went up and dunked the ball and came down. And on the way down, I just knew I was like, bro, this this don't even feel like it used to. And so when I landed, <laughs> I landed like so hard when I when I landed on the ground. Like I ain't messed nothing up or anything, yeah. but just like the impact of hitting yeah. the ground. Felt totally different than it used to feel. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so you dropping like a rock now? <laughs> like it ain't. This ain't that light shit where I used to just jump and then barely touch the ground and keep moving. This yeah. is like a thud. And so yeah. I was like, bro, I don't know if I'm gonna be taking too many dunk attempts no more. Cause yeah. if I fuck around and, and turn my ankle or something, it's oh, over. It's a done it's deal. Over, bro. Like I, I saw it in my head. I was mm. like, bro, it's over. It's over. You gonna be crawling to your phone, trying to get out to come pick your ass up. You ain't got time. Like man, just, just take the layup, <laughs> nigga. Just take the fucking layup. <laughs> shoot the J. Man, shoot the J, bro. It's not worth it. You're not gonna be walking around this motherfucker on crutches or in a wheelchair. And shit, you ain't got time. Man, can like, you imagine trying to explain that to Allison and then she having to explain that to somebody else? Man, <laughs> she would have been so mad, bro. Man. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Picture of being out with a girl is like, I got to leave. My- <laughs> the, the Greg broke his ankle. <laughs> First day, everybody, how? Girl, I'll explain later. I got to go. Man, what? I just got to get up from my... For my uh, girls, they had to go get him because he want to play basketball and break his ankle. Yeah, that's how you probably say it. He in there oh, man. breaking his ankle and shit. <laughs> I remember I broke my ankle. Uh, <laughs> I broke my ankle in school. Uh, dang, yeah, we both broke our legs yeah. of some sort in school, but I, it was middle school and we was wrestling in the classroom. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I, and like my homeboy, he he stepped on, he stepped back on my foot as I was falling. So 
picture yeah. me fall as my foot is stationary and snap. Yeah. So it's like, oh hell. So we had a substitute too. And, um, <laughs> oh, that was a terrible day. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely were. And so they had to come. Uh, shoot, the ambulance had to come get me from the school. A nice Damn. little ambulance ride, and uh, I remember getting to the to the hospital. And you know they they got to <clears throat> so they got to put it had to put it back in place. Yeah. So you know they hey they put me on a sleeping medicine. So I fall you know you fall asleep like you should. The crazy thing is I don't know why, but I can still hear them talking. So I guess I went fully under. Yeah. Um, yeah. All I know was I heard them say, okay, we got to snap it back in place. <laughs> and I go, no. And and I know it was like probably, it was, you know, the male nurses holding me down at the same time. But yeah. yeah. And soon they, after they snapped it back in place, I just kind of went back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah, never bro. broke it again. Wow. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I broke my wrist when I was in the second grade, but I ain't never broke nothing on my legs. I done twisted my ankle a billion times yeah. and, and popped that motherfucker quite a few times, but I broke my wrist playing on the monkey bars as a kid and uh, jumped from like the little bridge thing to yeah. the monkey bars. Yeah. Missed and it. like I grabbed with one hand, but the other one fell off. And uh, I twisted and snapped that motherfucker, uh, hit the ground, oof. looked over. And my hand was backwards. Yeah. And I was like, see, this is that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, as a, as a yeah. second grader, all I could do was scream, bro. Yeah. All I could do was yeah. scream. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, how, bro? Like, what the fuck just happened? And it was yeah. like, I had just done it like three or four times. So I felt confident. And I had just asked my mama to watch. I was like, mama, look at this. And she looked and she saw the whole thing. And she was just like, she had that same little Allison moment that y'all yeah. was talking about. Like, this yeah. nigga that broke his damn arm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was probably mad as hell, bro. Yeah, because you got to stop everything. Your plan is not to go to the hospital. Right. No. You gotta, everything must stop and you got to go. Yeah, like, bro, like, it, the crazy part about mine was it was the first practice. It was the first, uh, like, beginning of the summer practice. Like, yeah. I broke my leg at the, like, I want to say the end of May. Damn. Right. So <laughs> the whole, bro, it was my junior, it was, I was going into my junior year. And the whole summer, I was, the leg broke. Damn, <laughs> I was like, the whole summer, man. The whole summer, bro. Like, by the time school started back, that's when I first started, like, learning back how to walk and stuff like that. Because I never had to get a boot or anything. Oh, okay. It was uh, <clears throat> it was like it broke, and then I had to have like they tried to put it back together, and then um, I had to have surgery to get the rod put back to get the rod put in my leg, and then it just needed to heal. Yeah. And so like I had forgot how to walk. Damn. Straight like without crutches, I completely forgot how to walk. <laughs> and my grandma, she was like, "You have to walk." <laughs> so, she was like you have to get up and, and try and like when I figured out I could put pressure on my leg and stuff like that yeah. um, you know we started she was like well just use one crutch okay 
She got your ass a cane like Franklin Saint. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see the last episode? I seen it. I seen it. I seen it. I was like, how long has been playing these folks? I've been wondering too. The first thing I thought about was damn uh, Kaiser Sose on the movie where he walks outside the police station and just start walking normal, gets in the car, and then they finally figure out, like, he's the motherfucking, pro- like, he is the actual person <laughs> we've been looking for, and he drives off into the sunset. Uh, oh, yeah, man, that was a, that was a great episode. Bro. I gotta go back and um, watch, because there were some bits and pieces that I missed. Um, like, awesome uh, episode, man. Yeah, yes. like, Frank, they, uh, he be playing the fuck out of He killed Franklin Day, bro. I think he, they didn't I, show him that, they didn't show him I think him. he did. You okay, know, so I didn't miss he, it. He definitely nah. had the nigga cornered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he came in like, like right he after nowhere to go. <laughs> so I didn't miss because I, I was trying to, I was doing, I was looking at it and then I walked yeah. away once I came back and then I was like, oh shit, did he kill him? Because I know he came in the room, he had the gun, he was like, oh, those go in like this. That was <laughs> yeah. a new start. I was like, I was like, damn. I, when, uh, I, I I understood it, but at the same time, I was like, damn, damn right, right. <laughs> he should have shut his mouth. Shit. Yeah, he should have. He yeah. yeah. He was fucking everything up. Man, hey, man the uh, reporter like man, trying to live his Black Panther days. Yeah. But the crazy part is, man, that's not an exaggerated story. No. Between the uh the girl, the the lady reporter, mm-hmm. like a male reporter was actually like died after a report in a newspaper came out that he wrote hmm. back then, man. I, I was like, I don't know where I saw this from. And I, I'll look it up sometime this week and share it in the Slack. But I was like, okay, I see where this, where this is going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like a lot of that stuff. Like you gotta understand, the idea comes from somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. If, if you think it's they ain't, somewhere in there, yeah, <laughs> if you think it ain't gonna mess you up for, you know, opening your mouth about some yeah. some you really don't need to be opening up, then yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's gonna happen from here. I'm pretty interested. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm super interested after that cane scene. I'm like, oh, yeah. this nigga is. Ahead of niggas. <laughs> oh, I yeah. always knew he was ahead, <laughs> yeah. but he's like. Light years, like, so, um, but yeah, man, um, just in case you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about snowfall. So, yes, we did go into breaking legs into snowfall, so yeah. a great segue. And uh, bro, it's like, about that time, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we ain't gonna never get into the episode, bro. <laughs> no. like, bro let's go get into this. What's in your speakers? Let's see what the hell we've been listening to since we know what we've been watching. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. Okay, so this week, uh, we had a couple of things came out this week. Um, so I got a chance to check out some of them because normally I don't get to check out the new music. I'd be stuck somewhere. But mm-hmm. one of the songs that came out, uh, her dropped the song with Chris Brown called Come Through. I thought mm-hmm. that shit was bumping, bro. What like I it? played that junk several times. It's pretty good. I had to um, listen to it. Yeah. <clears throat> then uh, Smoke Dizzy dropped the track with Dom Kennedy called No Regrets. It looked like it's off an upcoming album. Um, I'm not sure what that album is called. Uh, the Hustlers Catalog 2 is what it's called, but it's not out yet. But that's a cool track, so I'm looking forward to the album coming out. Um, I don't know who Jeezy Escobar is, but Jeezy Escobar and Fujiano dropped the tape. It's uh, it's called Backwood Boys. Yeah, Backwood Boys. 
And so I listened to some of that. I ain't get a chance to finish it. I got through like maybe half of it. From what I heard, it was great. Um, and then I got a chance to listen to Corday dropped a, a EP. It's like four songs and it's called, what's the name of that? It's called Just Until. Dot, 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 dot. Mm. <laughs> and it's just like four tracks. He got a song on there with Q-Tip, one with uh, Young Thug, and then the other two, it's just him on there. But I think these are just like some throwaways from an upcoming album that he got mm. coming out. Um, and these sound pretty good. So I'm like, all right, let's see how this going to turn out for the album. Um, and then I got into Moneybag Yo. His new uh, album was called Gangsta's Pain. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get all the way through it because I had some shit to do yesterday. But I got through like the first few songs. And then like right now, my favorite song on there is Waukesha. Mm-hmm. Which is like an ode to, uh, I guess, drink, just purple drink, goddammit. But uh, <clears throat> he was, I really like that one because I can't remember what the sample is in that song. What the fuck is the it's sample a, in that song? Uh, just that, damn, it's, it's from the 90s, bro. Jay Z did it as well. It's, uh, uh it's uh oh shit. First of all, it has the 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 sample from the Lil, Lil Wayne interview about like what's in his cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's on there first, and then it has the uh I don't know what the original sample is. I keep thinking Biggie because it's Biggie. There's one more chance. Uh, one yeah, chance. What the fuck is the original sample for that? I don't know what the original sample is, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but I really like that type. He sounds good. <laughs> Like yeah. money bag girl sound good on that tight. One thing that I picked up from this uh this album so far is um first of all, it just some of the beats sound a little different from what I normally hear from Money Bag Yo. And that's mm-hmm. one of the ones that sounds a little different. And I'm like interested now because I'm like, get this nigga on some more different types of beats so I can hear what this man can do. Cause I'm I'm used to hearing them all kind of the same kind of sound. And I'm like, I like that a lot. But at the same time, I want to hear what he can do on some of these other beats because mm-hmm. that shit surprised me. It definitely surprised me. Um, outside of that, I listened to a couple Stay songs. Stay with me. Stay with me. Yes. Fucking uh, L. DeBarge, ain't it? Yeah, DeBarge, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, so I listened to a couple songs from uh, Maxo Cream. One of them called Beyonce. The other one called Work. Work is still my track. I like to listen to that shit when I'm like trying to get something done. Um, I listened to a currency song called 16 Switches. It's off his uh, album. This ain't no mixtape. That's the coolest fucking artwork in the world, bro. <laughs> like, the, this ain't no mixtape artwork. It's like, <laughs> it's uh, like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to send that junk. That junk cool as hell. And then uh, I got into Touch the Sky, Kanye West, featuring Lupe Fiasco. Mm-hmm. And them fucking horns. Always nice. Always like this shit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I listened to Homie Back from Memphis. His name Junior. And it's spelled J-U-N-1-0-R. So uh, he got a song called Don't Even uh, with my homie C. Stiller. The jump off, bro. I'm going to have to send that to y'all. That's pretty much it, man. I ain't get a chance to listen to much else outside of those things. I did like that money bag, yo. I did like that her song. I'm gonna have to revisit that uh GZSco bar and Fujiano because I was kind of busy when I was listening to it. Um, but that's what my week has been like as far as music is concerned. 
Tommy, what you been on this week, man? Man, <clears throat> this week, man, um, I don't even know where the week starts at, man. Uh, let's see. This week, I, I listened to a little Scarface. Uh, Mr. Scarface is back. And I jumped over to 2 Chains. Rapper go to the league. Pretty girls like trap music. Um, <laughs> Luther Vandross' birthday was this past week. So that's right. I had a day mm-hmm. of uh, Luther Vandross just, uh, you know, listening to him. And then, um, man, got on Big Crit, man. Um, I was having some stuff to do at work. And I was like, man, I, I need something to help me, like, get through this moment. So I went yeah. through. Like just hit big crit and just hit <laughs> hit play. Yeah. Um so I was listening to Catalactica, Forever's a Mighty Long Time, um, TDT, um, Crit is here. Um, what else? Then I somehow got to juvenile. I don't know how I got to juvenile, but I posed the question on social media. Is 400 degrees a classic album? And uh, you know, I think it is. You know, just because it's still like even to to today, you can like ride in your car and still bump it like it's just came came out last week. Um, Hmm. So I listened to that, got to the Hot Boys, um, Guerrilla Warfare. Then I went over to Moneybag Yo, A Gangster's Pain. And then uh, back to Crit, man. So that was my week, man. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what was the consensus when you asked yeah, uh, yeah. everybody it, said yeah yeah like <laughs> I didn't see nobody somebody was like why ask that dumbass question <laughs> damn <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah but the, the consensus was um, yeah it's a classic album a friend of mine shout out to Stanley um, actually was like um, it's probably the top 10 uh, most influential Hmm. Um, album. I was like, I can see that, man. Um, Juvenile, like, really came with it on that album. And and, and honestly, that album, along with a couple of their singles, is what put them cash money in the forefront at that Mm -hmm. time, I think. So, um, you know, that was huge, man, especially then. I don't know how no, I had it on tape too. I told you that story, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this might have it on cassette. On, on tape, man. My, my <laughs> uncle, I'm pretty sure my uncle had it and I just borrowed it permanently from him. I steal it because I mean, like, you know, I was just borrowing his music, you know? Yeah. When you when you borrow something from family and never get back, aka steal shit. It's it's not <laughs> it's not on purpose. It's like not malicious. You just right. you just take something and then you'll never give it back. Right. And they don't you miss it. Ask for it. Because like you know. go in your kitchen right now. I'm sure you got somebody dishes in there that ain't yeah. yours. Bruh, somebody got, a little Tupperware or some bruh, shit that don't belong. I got somebody's uh like drying towel. <laughs> and every I'm time wet. I see, every time I see it, I be like. This ain't mine. <laughs> and just fold it and put it back in the drawer. <laughs> what? It's yours now. Oh, man. man. All right, man. Uh, Steve, what you been on this week? All right, man. Let's go. Uh, short week for me, actually. Um, so, man, I came across um, Mo3. Uh, I, I guess they released something for him. Um, his post, post 
I can't. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Posthumous <laughs> album. <laughs> oh no! Wait. You know we did an episode about uh, somebody's posthumous album. And yeah, I think it was, it was either Mac Miller or we did a whole est- uh, episode yeah, a whole, about, yeah. about it. And I still can't say the Steve damn name. Steve was messing up that word so bad. Posthumous. Post- uh, <laughs> we practiced how word. to say it before we recorded. Yeah, we did. And it's still screaming the word, man. It looked like posthumous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, they dropped something for Mo 3. It's called Shot Us Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, was Boosie on it? Yeah, Boosie's on like two records. Oh, okay. you know, Boosie's on there. Kevin Gates is on there. Um, uh, let me see who else. Fujiano is actually on there too on a song oh, called okay. Mob, as well as uh, Wife and Lucci. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this, and it sucks because you know, of course, he's he's passed at this point. And uh, but it's it's man, it's some real good records on here. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, yeah. So I enjoy that for sure. Uh, go check it out. Check out Money Maya, and let me know. Let me know what y'all think about that one. That's with him and Boosie. Uh, I really enjoyed that one as well as the rest that was on there. So uh, rest in peace to Mo Three. Um, so have y'all ever? Do y'all know who? Um, crap. The the comedian uh, that be on Instagram and his his name just slipped my mind. Is it Deshaun? What's his name? Uh, but nevertheless, it's a comic on. He's from Atlanta. And man, he is hilarious. And he always talks about like in his skits, he always like mentions parlay. Uh, uh, if y'all Desi Banks. Desi Banks, yes. I don't uh, know why from uh from DMB. That's what I'm thinking is Pale from uh them franchise franchise boys is who he's who he's referring to. But the the joke is we never see him. He's mm-hmm. always like, hey Pale man, my dog Pale man, you know, all the time. But we never see Pale in any other skits or like at all. So I was looking at one of them, the most recently one he dropped on 420. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go listen to some parlay. So I went to go see what he had because I, I haven't, you know, heard much from him in a while. But he actually did re- release something in a uh, 2020 called um, "Realize Everybody Ain't Living," uh, and it just says uh, "real" on the album cover. So mm-hmm. I went through and checked it out. It's just seven seven songs on it, uh, little EP. Um, he has a uh, ah, it was. Oh, it was cool. It was Pale. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne for those who don't know, <laughs> for those who don't know, what does it mean to say it was Pale? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it just is what it is. <laughs> you know what you don't get from Pale. Um, ain't goofy as hell, bro. Man, absolutely. Um, but I, you know, it was cool. I, I listened. I just wanted to. It's been a minute since I actually thought about Palais at all. So, you know, I went to kind of see what he had. Uh, probably should have went and tried to find a mixtape. But it was, you know, it was cool. Yeah. Um, from there, uh, I, man, I, I winded up back at Slime Language, too. Um, I'm still rocking, rocking that. And uh, also Big Scar as well, the Grim Reaper. Um, but um, from there, I did listen to the Her record with uh, her and Chris Brown. Uh, pretty cool record. 
I'm definitely enjoying that. I don't know why, but her sounded like different on the record. I was like, wait, this is her? Why is this? Was that her on the picture? Yeah, that's uh, her. That's yeah. her. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was her. Okay, hmm. and just some reason. I guess I'm so used to damaged. I meant damaged, not damaged, but damaged. Um, mm-hmm. that when I heard her on come through, I was just I don't know why I was taking them back for a second. I was like, wow, she sounds different, but nevertheless, I enjoyed it, man. Tough, tough tune, and then man, we got the money back, yo, and I haven't listened to nothing else since. All I've been listening to is Moneybag, uh, yo, a gangster pain. Excuse me. And I've been like, like listening to it like consistently. Like mm-hmm. I just let it play. Um, I really, really enjoy it. Moneybag is really like he coming with it on there. Um, and believe it is 22 records. And I listened to the whole thing. And it, for some reason, it, it didn't feel like it was 22 records. Uh, no, it didn't at all. Um, it did not. The interlude was is dope, and it's not a record, but it's just dope because it's all a bunch of people just kind of giving him, you know, saying advice and confidence. Uh, free pom- promo with Polo G and Lil Dirk, tough tune, tough tune. Uh, Wakisha as well is definitely a tough tune, as well as uh, I don't know, this might be my favorite record. If Pain was a person, mm-hmm. I just I enjoy it, like it, it's dope. And I was like, all right, I see what you're doing. Uh man, he he was definitely talking his talk on here. He he was he was, I don't know who he was talking to, uh, who needed to hear whatever he or who he had something to say to. But if you listen to his album, oh you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh but man, yeah, man, I enjoyed it. That was uh like G said, I was like, whoa, this is a different money bag. And now I'm like, man, all right, it's time to expand. Time to put him on like some mm-hmm. other records. Oh, certified Neptune. Look here. That record's crazy. That record's crazy. Him and Pharrell, the mm-hmm. record's crazy. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely time for Moneybag to break out, I believe. He's even kind of singing on the album a little bit. And I was surprised by that. I was like, whoa. All right, Moneybag. I like, I like this. Okay. <laughs> so uh if y'all haven't had a chance, check out that Gates of Spain. Um, other than that, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Good show. Good show. I feel like I had a question for you. I can't remember what I was going to ask. Was it dealing with the money bag or? I don't know. I, I three. lost it, bro. I lost it. <laughs> I just got to like, write that shit down or just interject and be like, hold up, bro, stop. Like I gotta do some stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> I forget. That's, all good. That's too funny, man. Um, yeah, man. So the, the Steve list wasn't that long, man. No, no it wasn't. Was, it wasn't that long, that long man. Steve yeah. ain't coming in with the scroll. He ain't coming with the scroll. He came with the. I'm gonna just put this on my phone real quick. This is the show. But this is show we told for real. <laughs> man, um. <laughs> This week in the news, man, I ain't really pick up a lot of news, man. I've been focusing on uh, trying to play uh, MLB The Show on Xbox. So <laughs> I ain't been panicking. Like, bro, like, I suck at it. I mean, I am awful. Um, 
but it's a good game. I enjoy it. So, um, Shock G of Digital Underground died this past week at uh, the age of 57. Mm-hmm. Um, that was shocking. I, I wasn't expecting that no. um, at all. Um, trying, I never figured out what he, like, what happened. Um, um, the, they haven't revealed the cause of death, I don't think. They just, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, yeah so. me, now that you bring it up, me neither. Yeah. Um, but the Mr. Humpty Dumpty mm-hmm. himself, you know, I that's a, that's the one thing I remember him from. Um, and then like just being a student of of hip hop, just going back and figuring out, oh, he like Tupac was with Digital Underground, and that's his group, you know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it took me like I was grown when I figured that part out. Um yeah. but the Humpty Dance was was like one of my favorite songs, like when it came out, you know. I remember like trying to do the dance and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> Not yeah. really realizing what he was uh what he was saying, the same song, you yeah. know, I always like that music, man. So um RIP fun music, man. Very fun yeah. music. Oh man, a good time. And yeah. then the nose thing, like I thought that yeah. was his real nose. Hell, no. <laughs> right. I mean, like, come on, man! I was a kid. I was a kid. I thought that was his real nose, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, a post from Ti, and he was saying he he was arguing with folks back then that Humpty was a real person. <laughs> he said, "I always thought it was a real person. I didn't know it was two different people." Or, or somebody was dressing up as Humpty. I thought that was just how to do it. It was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I can what? see that. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. I can man. see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so RIP to uh, Shock G of Digital yeah. Underground. Um, yeah, shout out to uh, yeah, man. Digital Underground. I ain't no Shock G name was Greg. That was cool. Yeah. I was like, this nigga named Greg too. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense, man. Um, also this week, man, uh, DMX, uh, his uh, memorial service was yesterday. It was, it was like it was a big thing, you know. It was on for a very long time too. Um, I didn't get a chance to see any of it. I just, you know, know it was going on and stuff. Did you guys check it out? Any? No, I didn't see it. I just saw pictures and stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't want to watch it, man. Yeah, look, like that was that was my sentiment too, man. I didn't I didn't want to watch it, um, you know. But it's like, man, it's it's like you never realize how important the artist was until they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's like you're still hearing, like, like even with uh, what's the song? Where the hood at? Where the hood? Where the hood? Where the hood? Like I didn't like that song at all. Yeah, but it was like it was bumping, you know what I'm saying? Like you always bobbed your head and stuff when it came on, but um, like it's truly missed now. You know, yeah. it, it it makes you want to go back to it and and say, okay, well let me let me check it out. So, um, still, all right, even though it's been like what two three weeks now, RIP mm-hmm. to DMX and yeah. uh and stuff. So, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm cutting it close with with. What I got, man, um, LeBron James um, has been under a little scrutiny for his tweets. 
which it was for um like basically he tweeted out something about the the girl that got killed in Ohio by a cop. Mm-hmm. Um and he tweeted out you're next um or something like that. It's 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 kind of like hearsay or you know, well it's not hearsay. It actually happened, but I just don't have all the the facts to it. Yeah. But um <clears throat> Yeah, that's what it was. Your next hashtag accountability, um, you know, with a hourglass emoji next to it. Oh, um, uh, okay. I get what he was saying. Yeah, so it's like, hey. Of the- yeah. But a lot of people have been, like, we've heard different things about that that uh, shooting mm-hmm. and killing of this child. Um, and so... I don't really, I don't really have anything good to say about it, but you know, um, <laughs> it's like LeBron James was was in, like he said that, you know, that puts him up as far as like a like in the light of this happening. And I appreciate LeBron James for speaking his mind on things, man, because he's probably like one of the biggest, well, one of the biggest athletes of today, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he speaks his mind about what he feels and not hide behind certain things or, you know, care about his status. Because, I mean, like at this point, who's to question it? Yeah. You know, um, but what I brought this up because it was uh, I was just scrolling through some stuff and he responded to a Ohio bar owner who won't show his show NBA games until James is expelled from the league. So I saw that highlight. I didn't read the article. <laughs> LeBron James' response to that is, all damn, I was headed there to watch our game tonight and have a drink. Well, <laughs> uh, he got a point, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, like, why would, why would, I don't understand people sometimes, you know, and and it gets into the constitutional rights of some, but not for you. Like, this is my constitutional right, but it's not yours. You know what I'm saying? And it's, yeah, the the bar owner has the right to say, I'm not you uh, playing any games featuring him until the NBA expels him. Cool. But on that same flip, well, how is that going to affect your your business? Because I'm still going to eat. And the people that want to come see my games or see NBA games, they don't have to go to your bar. Mm-mm. So what? Who, go to like, like, who are you ultimately <coughs> hurting in this situation? So um, yeah. I just think I, I appreciate LeBron James really like just speaking out. And being able to do that, man, on the scale that he's able to do that on. Um, I hate it for that that little girl um getting killed by the police, but I really it's it's a tricky um situation just because it's it's like she was sixteen years old, so she was a child, she had a knife and they were fighting. You know, so it's like we we have to hear the whole story. Um was it um for me I feel like shooting a girl four times and killing her, like that's a little excessive, but 
I mean, it's like, what do you, what do you like? Cause the argument that somebody said was she was trying to stab somebody else in front of the police. What is the officer supposed to do? I was like, there's a lot of things that you could do. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just tough, man. I don't have a clear answer for that, man. Well, it's just a knife. So yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So like not to say that like the person needs to be stabbed or anything like that, but worst case scenario, the person does get stabbed. Um, it's a lot less likely that that person dies than the person who gets shot. So probably don't shoot. That's probably the best yeah, thing that, to do. Is right, don't right. Shoot. Yeah. Like, maybe totally maybe agree. run up and rush the girl with the knife because she's 16, so you can probably overpower her. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's also this yellow-ass <laughs> thing that's on your hip that <laughs> yeah. you, you, know, you use for yeah. right, when, right. you know what I'm saying, you, you don't well, need to shoot. Just, like, announce your presence. I'm the police. Put the goddamn knife down. Like, what happens when that doesn't happen, though? You don't have to stop. Like, you can be running up on her ass screaming, I'm the police. Put the knife down. <laughs> like, you can run up and grab the knife and say that. You can do all that shit in one motion. It's not like one thing or the other. It's like just go get the knife. It's it's not that hard, bro. Like they teach you that shit in basic self defense classes. Like yeah. you you know how to handle somebody who has a knife, especially a little kid. It's not that hard, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's not. It's really not. I've done it before myself. It's not hard to stop somebody from getting stabbed. <laughs> you don't have and, to shoot a nigga to do that. And, and I think. From what I've, because I, I haven't looked at that video, but from what I've kind of seen from like little from photos here there, he was behind her, so she didn't even know. Like, like from what I've seen, he's literally behind her, so there's like you don't even see this police coming, so you you got the advantage. Just yeah. grab her, I, bro. Fuck nut. It's Sorry, it's, bro. it's like man, it's just <laughs> it's just a lot for me. So I haven't really paid a lot of attention to this one mm-hmm. um, just because of the other ones mm-hmm. that has happened. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, I think one day I'm going to sit down and, like, really look into it and stuff like that because I always look at these situations and try to look at, okay, so what would I have done differently? Because we never know what we would do or how would we react in situations like that. But we all do have situations um, pertaining to the police. And it's just for me, it's a learning, a learning curve to figure out how to deal with policemen and how to teach my child how to deal with policemen and how to teach like any time, any chance that I get to interact with policemen, how to, um, encourage them to be better because I feel like if we all work together we, we, we can like actually have a better relationship but you know what though why is it that we always got to figure out how to deal with the, the fucking, same reason at least why the don't they learn how to deal with us the same like, reason I can't change the way you react to something but I can change the way that I can react to something well yeah I mean that's, that's right it, that's, I'm just, that's I'm the just sole saying, reason like, why I always look at situations and try to figure out like what? What can I do differently? You know what I'm but saying? I'm, but I'm saying, in like in general, why is it always we got to learn how to deal with them? You know, I mean, like 
Yeah, like the police fix your shit. <laughs> Period. Like <laughs> you, you, your whole thing is broken, and now we're uh, completely seeing it. And then they also um, kind of, and I know this in, is in Minnesota, but you know they're doing a whole investigation into all of that now. So the doors are beginning to open on all that BS that's going on. So uh, I'm really interested to see what things going, and hopefully get some real change. Because like even sitting here thinking about it, like you didn't have to kill the girl; you could have shot her in the leg. She would have dropped yeah. the damn knife. Shoot in the leg, she falls. Yeah. And whatever the hell, like, it is, is, it just is at the point now that it's like, okay. Because right, we, we clearly see other situations with white folks who come out wielding knives or doing a bunch of stupid shit or mm-hmm. taking a police car or whatever. And y'all don't think about shooting shit. But when it comes to us, it's like, what, like, shoot first, ask questions later? Like, yep. you know. It's just you, ridiculous it's, at this point. It's just, uh, a, and that's what that same thing that I was thinking too. But it, it's just like at this point, it's like we talked about this previously too. The question was, how do I get back home to my family mm-hmm. in the safest way possible? And and just just, I'm glad you brought it up. Like things are changing, you know what I'm saying? And the saddest part about this whole thing is that this behavior has been allowed. It's 2021 and we're just now talking about, okay, so a door has been opened, which leads me to my next thing is this, uh, Derek Chauvin case. He was found guilty. Like, bro, that was one of the biggest size relief. Like I was holding my daughter when I was watching it and, uh, you know, just, I teared up a little bit because I was like, man, for the whole case, I was like, this man is somehow they have to convince 12 people that he killed this guy. They, the defense only has to convince one person that maybe he didn't do that. Maybe he, you know, didn't have ill intent. Maybe it was just a mistake, you know, and this whole trial is like, man, he somehow he's going to get off. Somehow he's going to get off. But for this man to be found guilty, um, it's a point in the right direction of holding somebody accountable for these unnecessary deaths that are ha- happening to black and brown people. So, yeah, big victory, big door opening uh, for the community and everything like that. And we appreciate it. But it's like we have to go back and look at some things of policing just to figure out, like, why was this behavior allowed? And accept it for so long, you know, because the root of it goes all the way back to shoot slavery. Yeah, all of that because that's you know. where police came from, man. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, slave catchers. Yep, which doesn't make sense to me, man, at all. Anyway, but uh, on a lighter note, man, uh, Megan Thee Stallion says she's going to take a break. From music. <laughs> oh, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Hey, you know, everybody's actually a, uh, I think that's actually going to be a topic we're going to discuss one day. Yeah. Is, uh, is, it's a lot to be said. There's a whole lot to be said because there's a lot of people doing that now. There's yeah. a lot of people who are just like announcing that they're taking a break, and there's a lot of people that just take breaks and yeah. don't even say nothing. They just, don't do shit because yeah. mm-hmm. they just don't do it. Um, like we've talked about it a lot, but like 
the episode where we had about like the demands of the fans from mm-hmm. artists who don't drop music as often as we would like them to, aka Kendrick Lamar. And uh <clears throat> it's just like, bruh, <laughs> folks really do just get to retreat now. They get to just be like, you know what, I've given you enough, I'm gonna step away for a second. I'm not gonna worry about this. You can pull a Frank Ocean and just disappear. Yeah. Like, you don't have to you don't yeah. have to worry about it no more. You can just walk away. Um I think for somebody like Megan Stallion, who has been in the public eye for so long uh, in the last few years, I mean, so often for the last few years, I think it is, you almost do have to tell people you're taking mm-hmm. a break. Um, I mean, I guess you don't, because I feel like Cardi do that too. Cardi take breaks, and she don't really say shit. She just don't put nothing out. Don't put nothing out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just don't put shit out. And people just don't realize it, honestly, because she's still in the public eye. I think that's what's the difference is yeah. she don't take a break from the public eye. She just don't be putting out music. Yeah. These other artists that we talking about, they disappear from the public eye completely. And you don't even see them niggas. You be like, where they at? What they doing? Like, mm-hmm. why we ain't get nothing from them? We ain't got no announcements. We ain't got no um, appearances. Nothing. You just gone. You don't even yeah. exist. Um, I think that's something that I, I really do think, oh shit, that's something I'm going to have to really Think about because it's mean, a lot of. I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, don't think of uh, when artists be like, "I'm gonna take a break." I don't think of it as, "All right, you really taking a break?" I think something happened, and it's like, you know, it's like code for like, yeah, some <laughs> some stuff is messed up over here. So y'all might not hear from me for a little while, mm. as opposed to like someone like, like not announcing like Kendrick not announcing he's taking a break he's just taking a break (laughs) and he's just gone versus Mm -hmm. someone who announces it and it's kind of like are you really taking a break and then Mm -hmm. afterwards you find out that they had like a bunch of crap going on and uh so sometimes I feel like it's cold word for like hey I got a bunch of crap going on so y'all might not hear from me for a while uh, versus you know someone actually going on vacation Oh, yeah. so, I mean, like I it's know. it's necessary for people, man. Like even like, shoot, my like even me, like I'll be like, man, I take off from work for mental breaks. Mm-hmm. Like shoot, I'm like, man, this is, I'm thinking too much, you know. There you go. Yeah, and so it, this is gonna be a great conversation, though. Huh? I said it's gonna be a great conversation. I'm looking oh, for, for yeah, sure. we're gonna have to do that one for sure, man. I, I think it's important for people to take take time for themselves, man. And and with the internet and technology today, somebody's constantly your name is constantly in somebody's mouth. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know. <laughs> and then <laughs> also, I'll go ahead. Now nah, I was gonna say it used to be a time where people would be like, "Keep your name out my mouth. Keep my name out your mouth, man." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not the case no more. That's not the case. That's that's impossible now. Yeah. Uh, And then I wonder, like, like, you know, if uh, if you're saying that to get out of public public eye for whatever it is to come, because the and I I'm just bringing it up because it's been like quiet for a while regarding the toy lanes and Meg case. Like Mm -hmm. it's dead silent. So it's like, okay, what's happened? And are you taking a break to take a break? Are you taking it because whatever's about to come, you're like, all right, I need to get out the spotlight for a little while before whatever hits the fan. Uh, So I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. But yeah. yeah. 
I'm like, yeah. kudos to her, man. Take the break if you need it. Yeah, definitely take your mental breaks, man. Don't don't stay just doing yeah. shit. I think it's 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 different for different artists. Mm-hmm. Some people they just they just fucking breathe that shit, and then other people it's like it's a real effort that's put into it, and I think they do get tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so that's like what I got for the news, man. Let's uh, let's get into it, man. Let's get into this meat and potatoes of this episode, man. Yeah, yeah. Giving people their flowers while they are still here. And uh, G brought up a good, uh, good example of like artists that sleep, live, and breathe uh, their artistry. Um, i.e., currency. So this kind of came up from a couple things, um, uh, a couple different topics. One, of course, we've had three uh, legends in the game pass away with mm-hmm. X, uh, DMX, Black Rob and Shock G, which uh, I don't know if Tommy intended to say Shock with Shock G, but I heard it, but it wasn't Shock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did I say? You said it was, yeah, you you know, he was like uh, R.P. Shock G. It was a shock that, you know, it shocked me. And I was like, huh, that's, I don't I think you intended that. Yeah, yeah, you did. did. Yeah, you really yeah. did. Nah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting up here talking, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was like, that was the last person we saw coming. Like, it was like, like wait, who just passed? Uh, but, you know, um, giving them their flowers while they're still because like DMX, his listens went up like 900%. Uh, I'm sure every, uh, I think uh, LeJohn, when he does his Saturday night thing, thing popped off. The first record he played was Whoa with Black Rob. And then I'm sure we're going to hear plenty of Shock G's records. And a lot of people talking about how great Shock G was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing is like, all right, while they was here, it was pretty silent on Black Rob. Uh, we didn't say too much about Shock G. And, you know, X was getting himself. He was headed back to that spotlight. But, you know, for your listeners to go up like 900%, yeah. like that, you know, what, what was the other, you know, what were we listening? What, how much were we listening to it before then? Um, and then, you know, someone like a currency, y'all heard me mention currency, uh, someone that's like currency, where there was a whole interview on them about our humble legend um, that, you know, that we don't talk about too much. So we wanted to, you know what I'm saying, kind of try to shine and talk about this as far as giving people their flowers while they are here, mm-hmm. their credit while they are here and not waiting until they pass to be like, you know how super sad we are and to start honoring them. Like, let, let's start it now. So that's today's episode, man. That's what we get into in the meat of potato. So man, let's rock and roll, man. Let's, let's rock it. and roll. Um, first thing, uh, G, why don't you hop into the currency uh, situation now? Yeah, man. Okay, so you did mention that this is one of those people that breeds music. So I just wanted to highlight this little section from there. Because it says, uh, Spitter always floods his fans with music because he raps about his real life. Therefore, he never runs low on inspiration because he lives life to the fullest every day. And so they they mentioned that he doesn't have to order his groceries or send somebody out to shop for him because he's just like this humble dude that's always out in the belt. Um, And he kind of breeds music. This man just puts out tape after tape after tape after tape Mm -hmm. after album after album after album. You just be like, God damn, nigga. (laughs) <laughs> where where do you get all this shit from? And in the 
in the interview, they asked him a question and he was like, people don't be believing that he had something new to say when he putting out all this stuff because it's like, it comes out so frequently. It's like, how do you have something new to say that fast? And he like, as long as I'm living, <laughs> I always got something new to say. I'm doing something different all the time. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a new experience has happened since the last time you saw him. It's just like mm-hmm. if you're catching up with your friend that you ain't seen in a few days. It's like, they yes, they was probably doing normal shit, but it's still stuff that you didn't know about. Yeah. Because you wasn't there. It's, it's In my mind, I think of him as like using music as a diary. Mm-hmm. Where that's been played on a, a bunch of times by different artists. They'll say like writing in my diary or something like that is their album titles and shit. I think Petey Pablo had something like that. Um, where they use that as a title, but this man lives like mm-hmm. this is literally a journal entry to this nigga. Like an album is a journal entry. It's just like, all right, today I got up, I did this, I went to the store, I did this, and he put it in into a song as if it's important enough to be on wax. <laughs> like you wouldn't think that it's that important. You like nigga, okay. First thing you wake up, you say your prayers and you blaze up. We don't give a fuck, but at the same time, it sound cool. So mm-hmm. you can't be mad at the nigga for doing that shit. Um, and so I think with people like that, um, whether it's currency or any other artist that you know, like who we don't necessarily give a lot of attention to, I'm starting to think it's not necessarily like an underappreciation. It's just kind of like the way that shit moves with yeah. the industry. Like it's only so much spotlight. So we can only highlight so much at a time because people have a finite attention span. And so it's like, all right, what's the newest shit? What's the hottest shit? That kind of thing. What are most people listening to right now? I think that's where like these people get lost in translation and they don't end up getting as much um, acknowledgement. It's just because mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of space on that stage for you to highlight all these people at once. Like, what y'all think about that? Um, no, I think I think that's uh, I think it's 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 cool for one thing, to be able to do that. Um, but then also, I just, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of tricky for me, man. It's like, I like what I like. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, it's, I want to take Currency, for example, because I knew who Currency was, right? Mm-hmm. Heard his music. Okay. You know, wasn't huge. Talk to you guys. Let me go back and listen to him. All right, anything currency drops, I want to check out now. Not because I'm a huge fan of it, but because I noticed how much music he had. It's like, I'm just curious to see now at this point, what is he talking about? You know, how is he able to do all of these things on a consistent basis, on a basis that I can say, okay, I like that. You know, because the the music is not trash at all Mm -hmm. with currency. Um, and the way he's telling the stories and stuff like that are are also interesting, but it's like it's it's kind of like I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like, but everything else is in between. And for mm-hmm. me, currency is something that I don't. It's it's kind of like those low low uh, what they call lo-fi lo-fi beats. 
Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's like if I can get away from the words, then it's good to me. But when it comes to currency, it's, it's I feel like a loaf, like if I'm doing something, I can't read with it because, you know, people in rap and me trying to read it distracts me. But yeah. if I'm doing anything else, I can listen to it. And I can hear some of the stories and I can do what I'm doing. Just kind of like my uh, white noise. Kinda. There you, go. you know what I'm saying? So um, it's just like this particular currency. It's interesting to see how consistent he can be mm-hmm. and how humble he is in that consistency. You know what I'm saying? It's like I look at people and I look at their work ethic and then I try to match it. Because my whole thing is, if you can do it, I can do it. If I and it may come easy to you, and I may have to work at it, but I still can do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what am I doing that you're? What are you doing that I'm not doing? And how can I implement that? And it's like the guy's work that work ethic to be as consistent as he is. Like it's crazy. He, he may put out a whole project, maybe put out a song here and there. Maybe put out four songs here and there, but then again, you you know you're gonna get something like this year alone. We've gotten like two or three mixtapes, maybe an album. I know he just released a song last week. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like 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 that's the stuff that you look at. That's the stuff that we don't know to appreciate it because we don't see it. You know, they, it may not be an artist that we listen to, but. It, it's an artist like him particular because I didn't listen to him like y'all listen to him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um, no, nah, I think I think Currency is a great artist, man, at what he does. I got this little uh, thing I want to read to y'all right quick. It's not even a real word. <laughs> it's like a made-up word that I found one time. It's like uh, the, the, the dictionary of obscure some shit, but uh, the word is, is silliance. And the the it's spelled S I L I E N C E, and the definition that they give is the kind of unnoticed excellence that carries on around you every day, unremarkable. Uh, the hidden talents of friends and coworkers, the fleeting solos of subway buskers, the slapdash eloquence of anonymous users, the unseen portfolios of aspiring artists, which would be renowned as masterpieces if only they'd been appraised by the cartel of popular taste. These people who assume that brilliance is a rare and precious quality and accidentally overlook buried jewels that may not be flawless, but are still somehow perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of when I think of yeah. people who don't get their flowers until they die. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's like this, this hidden-ass brilliance that's just like sitting there out in the open, like it's there. <laughs> you just don't, you don't even think to appreciate it. Because maybe because it's so constant, or maybe it's because it's like you just take it for granted, I guess. Because um, I don't want to stay on currency, because we can also, you know, jump back to like DMX, where like DMX, he had a moment where he was like this big, huge thing, where like everybody was appreciating him at one time. But then, like over time, you know, he got older, he got more things going on in his life, and he just kind of fade away from that acknowledgement so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that don't mean that he's not still doing great shit. It just means that you're not paying attention to it the same way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like a real big thing in hip hop. It's like 
as people be around for a long time, we just kind of like fade away from, like they fade away from relevance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that's popping up in my head, and I don't know if you had something to say, Steve, but I'm going to just throw this in there real quick. Manny Fresh is another person that pops up in my head. Like I think about the verses he did with Scott Storch. I didn't, I didn't watch that verses, but I felt like it was a unfair fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I was, and because I was just listening to 400 Degrees, the Hot Boys this past week, he did all their beats. Yeah. And then you go through a period where he's not with Cash Money anymore and he's doing, you know, his own little thing and stuff like that. And then maybe, when did the Carter Five come out? Two years ago? Yeah. So like last that. year, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, here it is. Manny Fresh got a beat on the Carter Five, still sounding the same, but that song is so bumping. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like that same sound is is there. You know it's a Manny Fresh beat because it's it's Manny Fresh. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's it's been there all this time because I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first he, beat he made in you know ten years. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's <laughs> like. Like damn, that's it's it's crazy that you say that. I don't know what words you just said, but that was amazing, boy. You man, Greg and his words, boy. <laughs> I need a word a day from this dude. <laughs> man, but now like that's that's a perfect uh definition. What was the word again? It's uh silliness. I'm gonna put it in the slack, man. I'm okay, the whole definition. And there you the, go. Um yeah. silliness. This is a new word. The word of the day is silliness. Uh, (laughs) No, but um, that's the perfect definition or the perfect word to say when you're thinking about these artists that of uh, giving them the flowers, man. So, um, Steve, I don't know if you was going to say something, but I had to put that in there before I forgot it. Oh, no, he was good. Get it on out. Uh, For me, and I'm I'm probably going to go back to currency and then come up to where we're at now. that word I think is perfect. Uh, I think we just really, I think we just really take stuff for granted. Um, mm. And we, we live in this microwave society where we're on to the next mm-hmm. so quickly. Uh, we're looking for the new shiny toy or in this case, the new shiny, um, you know, diamond or whatever. But you know, that old one is still just as shiny. We just, for some reason, take it for granted because all right it's here we know it's going to give us it's consistent and we just move on for some whatever Mm -hmm. reason Uh, but kind of going back you know I think a part of that is kind of our job to as fans and I always kind of hate that word but as uh as fans to keep kind of keep that light going because you know a guy like currency he gonna hey he giving you it's so consistent and it's so so good that it's like, yo, you know what he's giving you. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to put you where you need to be. I kind of look at currency as like a, um, one of those athletes on the court that you know is balling, uh, but you don't really pay attention to his stats until like, like, till it's all over. And then you're like, you're like, what in the world? That might were balling. And he was like, <laughs> like, well, what was I looking at? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, what was I doing? And it just, you're so used to, I guess we get so 
comfortable in cons- in their consistency. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like we know what he brings to the table is always going to be there or whatever. And when you talk about in the article, um, and we got to tell everybody where they can find the article. When you yeah. talk about where he do- he doesn't have anyone going grocery shopping for him or any of those things. It take me back to a show when he came here in Nashville and the man did, uh, and I can't man, it was some years ago and people wasn't talking about, you know, currency coming to the city, but the people that was, you know, rock with currency, it was, we were going to be there. It was easy. Yeah. It's like, Oh, currency coming to the city. All right. We there. And you know, after the show's over and, you know, it's, it's, it's packed, but it's not, you know, it's not as if, say, you brought someone else who's, you know, got the hottest new thing or whatever, but, it's, you know, it's packed with his people. And yeah. when it's all over, shoot, man, like literally just like folks walking up on the stage to get autographs and he's just like chilling like yeah i'm saying it like i almost had him sign my olive nines and i stood there and i thought about it for so long i was like do i want him to sign my olive nines i'm not i don't know uh but he was just signing folks stuff taking pictures and it was just like the coolest thing like he was just like like there was not a care in the world for him uh of course, this is uh, pre-COVID, so, you know, blunt's mm-hmm. passing all through the place, and yeah. he's, you know, he's throwing something out there, and they could, you know, whatever, and, like, just to have that accessibility, I think we take it for granted that we have someone of his caliber that just, that chills with us and doesn't make it a big deal. It ain't like, oh, um, such and such. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I come in, I command this attention. It's more of like, you know, I'm, I'm just a homie. And I, I love to do this. So that's my thing with currency. And I think we really take it for granted, like just too much. Yeah. Um, and then speeding up to like, you know, the whole thing with X, like when you look back at X and what he did, like four albums, all number one, like, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, once he goes through what he goes through and he kind of, uh, which pretty much takes him out of the scene, then you're like, like those, all that stuff still exists. Like it's still there. Those albums yeah. are still there. They're never going to go away. But yet for some reason we're like, and you know, the general consensus is like X, like what, why we want, why we, you know, like DMX is just, you know, at that point, just like, and I hate to say the word like nobody, but like, it's like, oh, it's just DMX, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like, it like, yo, if, if you don't remember what X did in, in like X was the biggest thing since sliced bread at a current moment in time. Yeah. And it's like, once he passes, it's like, oh, now, yeah, now mm-hmm. everybody's like bringing up all of these things. So why didn't we do that when he was going through his, you know, his transgressions, his struggles and all that, mm-hmm. or, you know, to lift him up or to, you know, why not? during the time I don't know it, it's the weirdest thing and it and you know that's why this show is created so that we can try to do that before yeah. you know and uh, same way with Nipsey man I met him one time and didn't really get a good conversation with him and I was like really banking on meeting him again to get a good yeah. conversation in and that gets cut short and it's like dang you know never be able to give to tell him how much uh, uh, he meant to me beforehand. So it's, 
And you know, it is just, you know, I don't know. It just sucks. I know I'm probably at the point of rambling, but it's just <laughs> trying to express fire, the point of why not, why don't we give the effort to give this before, you know, um, and I, and I, it's probably as simple as we just don't damn think about it. Like we're so, mm. you know, or it's like, we're so used to them being around that, you know, you can't, cause I, I can't even fathom it, uh, DMX passing until now. And you're just like, wow. But we all know that everybody's got to go at some point, Yeah, you know? So it's like, we think they're going to be there forever. Like we don't, we don't think it, like you said, we don't even think about that, what happens if this person's not here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something you can probably put into your own personal life as well, but we ain't gonna go that deep. But like, it's like, if this person is not here tomorrow, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You don't think about that. Like, you don't nah. think like, ah, this might, this might be the last time I see such and such. Like, you don't think mm-hmm. about it like that. Like, uh, Currency was just here in Houston this past week. He was here on 420. Um, he had a show here and shit. And I ain't go because... Nigga, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyway, the last time I saw him, I was in Memphis. And I've seen him three times now, maybe four. Hmm. I think I think it's three times. I saw him once in Atlanta, and it was just him and, like, the Jet Light folks. I saw him once in Atlanta with Wiz, and then I saw him in Memphis at a place called the New Daisy Theater on Bill Street. And the last one was cool because, like you said, like after the show, that nigga came out in the crowd. He's sitting there smoking with everybody and shit, taking pictures. And it was just crazy. It was just like, here go currency, like chilling with yeah. us. Because <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Derek was at the show because I had talked Derek into going to shit because I was like, bro, what you doing? He was like, not shit. I was like, bro, you want to go to the currency concert? It's like $20, bro. And he, and that's another thing. It's like, nigga, it's $20. Yeah. It ain't even that much to go see that, man. And he was like, yeah, come on, let's go. So we go and then we leave it out. We leave in the show and then here go currency like walking by us and shit. Like, yeah, that's the nigga right there. And he was like, oh shit. So we stopped. He's sitting there taking pictures and shit and uh, smoking blunts and shit with folks. And then he walked off to the next niggas and shit. Yeah. And it was just as easy as that. No security, none of that. They got all mm-hmm. his chains on and shit. Like, ain't nobody trying this nigga. He just there. He just doing his thing. And yeah. uh, looking like he at home. But then he came, like I said, he came here this past week, and it wasn't no sense of urgency, like, oh, I gotta go see Currency, because it was like, nigga, I done seen this man four times, <laughs> like, I'm good. I don't need to see that man again. Uh, but I don't know, it's, you just, you don't think about it like that with, with artists and stuff. Yeah. You don't be like, ah, oh, if I don't go see him now, I ain't gonna never get to see him. Yeah. Um, you just feel like they're very accessible, and maybe it's because of the nature of their job. Mm-hmm. The nature of their job is that they do that. They tour. They go everywhere all the time. So you figure, oh, this person will be back. This person will be back. Especially when you have experiences like that. Because I have that same kind of experience with Crit. I haven't seen Crit like four times. Whereas, like, he'll be back. Then might yeah. go on tour. And then he's going to come yeah. through a city near you and shit. And then you can always <laughs> go to the show. I mean, you can always go to the damn show and be like, all right, cool. I saw Crit. Yeah. And you just be fine with it. But it's not necessarily true. You may not always get to see them folks. Mm-hmm. Now, when it is an older person, you might think twice about it because when Big Boy and Sleepy Brown came to Memphis, I ain't like pass up on that opportunity. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to get to see Big Boy again because like, no, you're not. Right, <laughs> you're right. not going to get to see Big Boy again. So go see that thing. Uh, but like some of those other people, you just be like, eh, 
And even DMX, when he was in New Orleans and I went to go see him, that wasn't something I was just like super eager to do. Mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm going to have fun with my cousins. So I just go with them because they want to go see this man. But I was happy I did go because then I got a chance to experience the legend, mm-hmm. which was like, bro, this man was huge in my childhood. Bro. Like, why would I ever be like, no, nah, I don't want to see yeah. this man. It, it make you think twice about it and wonder why you don't appreciate it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, bro, why didn't you think that this was going to be cool? But then I get here and I'm like, this shit is amazing. Like, <laughs> why Absolutely. would I pass this shit up? Yeah, like, yeah. why would I even think twice? Like, you know? Um, and, you know, when you brought up the whole thing about, you know, folks kind of being so accessible, I, I, that really clicked in my head was, all right, uh, Starlito, Buck, mm-hmm. here in Nashville. Like, literally, like, my homeboy is, is uh, my homeboy Pope is really, is cool with, with uh, Lito. And I shoot, I see Lito like, like I'm in, I'm within arms regions. Like you see Lito, it's like what's up, man? What's up? Like literally, like we don't know each other <laughs> per se like that, but you know we see each other. It's, what's up? What's up, man? Uh, and it's just on to the next. But yet, you know, I listen to Lito music all the time, but never like you, you just get so comfortable with it. And it's like that's just Lito, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. but in another city, somebody could be like freaking out, like, bro, just. Bro, that's Starlito, bro. You know, and for me, it's like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's Lito. <laughs> like, you, you know, like to the point where I don't even call him Star no more. It's just, yeah, that's Lito. This is Lito. And same with Buck. Like, Buck just be in the club. And it's like, yo, what's up, Buck? I saw that <laughs> in the club in Nashville one time. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> this, shit was, this shit was so normal. I was like, this nigga is a regular dude. Yeah, that's how it be. And you're so used to it and it's like, yeah, this, this is Buck or uh, whatever. And then, but you never fathom like, all right, what if Buck is no longer here and, you know, yeah. uh, Alito, whatever. And it's like, dang. Then we're all at the funeral like, man, that was my dog, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And not telling them that while they're here. So, you know, it's, like you said, it's stuff that we can put in our own life. But with that comes, you know what I'm saying, the reverse. Um, the reverse for where we do give like a lot of praise and sometimes it's for the wrong things. Like, mm. Hey, the biggest dealer, dope dealing rapper of ever. And we seem to flock to that. And for some reason, it's like a completely 360 from, you know, giving that praise while someone's still here to like, yo, everybody flocks to the the hottest new dope boy on the, on the mm. track. Um, so let's get into that part when the role is Bro, flipped. you are amazing. I have to say that. <laughs> I want to get this nigga his flowers right now. This nigga is cold. I'm, like, hey, man, I'm sitting know. up here like, I see where you're going. I see, I, I see it. Yeah. I see it. <laughs> this nigga is cold. Okay. <laughs> you know um, and it's, it's it's such an interesting thing because I, I get lost in it too because you know sometimes like dang did, did you really say that and, and then you start to get into it like you know for a personal example Jeezy like once we figured out he was who BMF was and that his association with BMF and the whole story behind it it was like that was it it was like, yo, stamp of approval. Jesus, yeah. this might, he really, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was same for Gucci. When we found out about Gucci, 
um, uh, I don't know how we say it, defending himself, I guess, uh, and shooting someone. It seems like the star power like shot just, up. Shoots up, man. Just, like just, we said about uh, Project Pat. Yeah, Project Pat as well. This nigga official, <laughs> bro. This nigga official. Like absolutely. <laughs> and it was and it's like we zoomed in on all the might as well say the negative parts and we're like, yeah. yo, well, he's been on his track, so real. That's what we're listening to. And like this this is our guy and blah blah blah. Um and it's like the reverse of it. So what was it? and it seemed like it's always that. Like the negative part, like yeah. dope dealing, even with uh, DMX. whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because man, when you find out DMX's story, and the crazy thing, DMX's first song was nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's about talking about this girl named Keisha. You know, <laughs> that he wanted to date. <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite songs, by the way. It's amazing. Um, you know, even LL Cool J, like, we don't even talk about LL anymore. And all this stuff was, like, really about, besides Mama Said Knock You Out, was about, you know, women and all that. But, you know, just kind of looking at all of that, um, let's kind of get in that part. And we're just going to get, I guess we're going to get a little micro on it. And the most the most notable thing which comes with hip-hop is the drug, you know, the drug game. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of artists pop off of that. Uh, whether they're actually doing it or we find out that they're not. And the funny thing is when we find out that your story is kind of flawed, we really do. Like, as if none of your music was dope, you just get shunned completely. Yeah. Like, yeah. nah, bro, we ain't rocking with you no more. Oh. Um, and the, the, the thing for me is like, I, I, me personally, I never sold drugs. Um, most of the ways I got my money was legal. Um, you know, and stuff like that. So, I understand where the story comes from and why the story. But what is confusing to me, I'm not going to say necessarily confusing, but what is baffles me is that some of the most successful people, um, that's where the music comes from. Like trap, like I use T.I. for example, when me and Steve was talking about it, I was like, T.I. is one of the most, he's one of my favorite rappers because I love the way that his style in rapping, in telling mm-hmm. the story, you know, not necessarily the story because the story itself is like a movie, mm-hmm. listening to it, like a, a audio movie. You mm-hmm. know, you have to use your imagine to, the things that's going on, but um, it's like a, a audio movie and, and it's celebrated. But then again, it's like you like just off the realm using an example like Shock G. You know what I'm saying? His music was, as, as we described it earlier, um, very playful. You know, um, another example is Afro Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Afro man's music was completely playful because I got high. It was a hit. It was a, it was a good song because it was talking about weed of smoking it, not selling it, just smoking it. Yeah. You know, but the most successful, like I, the example that I used with Steve was five out. I mean, three out of your top five probably sold the uh, drugs. You know what I'm saying? You go to your top 10, majority of your top 10 was was of uh previous drug dealers. And 
I can't say why that is. Those those artists are successful. I I mean, you know, it is what it is when it comes to what you previously did. It's like, hey, if you're if your lyrics are nice, if you're you know your beat is nice to me, if I like you, like the style, you're gonna I'm gonna listen to you. Mm-hmm. But I hated that you know it had to come from um, such a violent and negative aspect of life, and it, and you know it, it's it is what it is. Like I said before, but I mean that's my thoughts on it. You know it it, it baffles me that that's where it comes from. Now you know you got the rappers now like you have to question what they're doing. Yeah. You know because mm-hmm. the the lifestyle that they're speaking on. The generation before us really lived that life, and majority of us don't have to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like I said, like I know people that have sold drugs and stuff like that, but they are older than me. You know, I know people that sold drugs as younger than me. But um, all in all, it's less. Um, less of a stigmatism for us to grow up and and see it. We didn't see it like the generation before us saw it. Like the people in the 80s, they that's who they saw. The people that grew up in the 90s, yeah, we saw them, but we were still doing other things. We had other things to um, shield us from that. So I don't know, man. That's I know it don't answer the question. It kind of just rambles along a line, like a circle around it, but um, that's how I feel about it, man. That's a uh, it's an interesting concept, though. That uh, that in hip hop specifically, that it has to, it, it, you kind of have to have like a stamp of approval of your affiliation with like street culture, mm-hmm, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, or not even necessarily street culture, but just like impoverished culture. Yeah, because I think street culture is born from poverty. Yeah. And so it's like being coming from a, a place of not happy. Um and so it's almost looked down upon if you're doing well. <laughs> like right, if you're right, doing exactly. well as, as if like as if you can't be a great fucking storyteller and be successful and make good music if you don't come from some kind of a struggle. Like like you don't have nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Think, like talking about things that happen to you that are good are not compelling. Um, like I think Crit talks about that in one of them songs. He'd be like, I guess the, the story of a country boy just ain't compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, don't nobody give a shit, basically. Like, we don't care. <laughs> oh, okay. You you grew up in the country and you play baseball and you wrote poems and shit. We don't give a fuck about that. Like, that ain't <laughs> fun. <laughs> uh, but no, you got the shooting with some niggas. Like, yeah, we want to hear that. Yeah. And maybe it's because of like accessibility and people not having day to day access to seeing people get into shootouts. So it's like that's exciting because I don't see that shit all the time. Yeah, I seen a nigga writing poetry before, but I ain't never seen a nigga writing poetry who used to shoot niggas. So mm-hmm. like that's different. I want to see what he gonna talk about because I ain't get to see that. Um, mm. But then like you'll have somebody else who went a different route, like maybe somebody who struggled by working at McDonald's like their whole life. They was always going from fast food job to fast food job and just not really making a lot of money and still was struggling. 
I still don't think they're going to get the same kind of look. And that's a struggle. Like, that's a real struggle. You ain't making no money. You out here really starving. And don't nobody give a shit. That that kind of sucks. Um, and it seems like there's that's not a prerequisite for any other genre of music. Like, you don't listen to, to pop music and then, like, it's about struggle. It's normally about mm-hmm. having fun. It's normally yeah. about good time. It's normally about stuff that you enjoy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. That's that's exactly what I was trying to do. Like, Greg is a wordsmith, man. If you need somebody on your team, you need to pick Greg. He knows how to work, Like, literally, that's what I was trying to say. It's it's like, it's, it's it baffles me so much that that happens. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, your story is not compelling enough, but you went through the same thing. Yeah. And it's like from and and I get where it comes from because hip hop was born out of poverty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was born out of not having enough. But at this point in 2021, niggas are rich off of hip hop, bro. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. you can get paid for being a rapper. And it's like, why is that, why is that still celebrated? Why is it necessary? And I know everybody can't come from um, royalty, but you think about it like this. Uh, Jaden Smith comes from Will Smith. <laughs> Duh. Um, <laughs> but Will Smith is a, is a, is a actual great rapper. You know what I'm saying? To this day, like, I don't know if you guys listen to Icon mm-hmm. Remix. But that like Will's verse in that thing was tough. Um, as a rapper, like he's more celebrated as a as a uh, actor, of course. But as a rapper, he was one of the first to win Grammys. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't really think about that. A lot of people don't bring that up when they talk about him and hip hop. Um, yeah. But he didn't come from a like he wasn't rapping about. Um, drugs and and gang affiliation and violence and stuff like that. And so, you know, you look at Jaden. Jaden is not taken seriously because of who his parents is as a yeah. rapper. Uh, another one, uh, not JoJo, but it was uh, I think Diggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diggy, yeah. Diggy, uh, Russell. Fire! Like Damn the it. songs that he put out. Simmons, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Simmons, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about, but Diggy Simmons, the songs that he put out, he was fired, his rap song, you know what I'm saying? But it it's looked at being funny because he's the son of uh, Run. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Run DMC came out, they were talking about their lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So their lifestyle and stuff like that. So it was hard for them anyway, coming up in the in the game, run DMC. But then you got right. Diggy, who has basically his whole life been sheltered from it. It's like, why didn't why why does not why doesn't he get the same chance as his dad did? Because in sports that happens. Mm-hmm. LeBron James, son of Bronny. When he gets to the league, because there's no question he's going unless he gets hurt. Lord forbid he gets hurt. 
when he gets to the league, he's going to get the respect that his dad got. But why isn't that given to rappers who we know did not come from that lifestyle? Yeah. So <clears throat> both of y'all brought up something that uh, that alludes me to a story that I've always heard, but it's always like tough for me to believe in the in, in as far as hip hop itself. Mm-hmm. And there's always a story of um what they say gangster hip hop, uh gangster rap, uh, and the drug rap was put purposely, was purposely put there mm-hmm. and to succeed. And I always it was always tough for me to really come like, but you can't control what people like. I always thought as yeah. far as what they listen to, I always was like, you can't. But you can't, how can you control that? But when I got, uh, when someone actually broke it down to me, it was like, well, it isn't the the fact of like um, control. It was the fact of purposely placing where it would be successful at. And I was like, huh, but we the ones who listen to it. And it was like, yeah, you're right. But the thing is, are we the ones who actually buy it? And I was like, I was like, I do. But then I had to look back and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but we, I had to look back and I had to really pay attention. I'm like, but there's a bootleg on like every corner in the hood. Yeah. We're not going to the store like that to buy all those albums. And he was like, ding, ding. So it's like, think about the suburban kids, not just suburban white kids, but also, you know, suburban black kids out there that actually enjoy that enjoys the music and is taking mom and dad's money and buying it like yeah. in bulks and it was like you know think about where those stores are where folks are going to like though they're there they're not in the hood there's not a best buy in the hood yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to drive to that uh there may be a mom and pop store but you know hey um so our that story was instead this day is kind of tough for me to like it's getting less and lesser tough for me to believe it because now I'm like, okay, I get it because now I understand of supply and demand, mm-hmm. you know, putting stuff uh, perfect, per, um, uh, purposely putting stuff in a certain area. And when it comes to it, like, it's the entertainment and like the entertainment factor, sex, money, and drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And G brought up something very interesting because he was like, um, Shoot, I hope it don't slip my mind. But he he brought up the fact that uh got dog it and it did. <laughs> it sucks. Um it's gonna come back because cause G is the reason why it popped up in my head and I formulated this all together. But Tommy brought up the the fact of um you know why is it why do people enjoy it? That's what it was. And G was pretty much saying that people they don't see it every day. Like they don't have the access to this. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. intriguing how you're a rapper and you're telling about what goes on the hood. And you, you kind of look at that and you're like, ding, ding. You're like, oh yeah. Cause more than likely those suburban kids have never even experienced it. And they want to be a part of that life, mm-hmm. like as much as possible. So of course, like I was on Instagram and this newly married couple, uh, white female, a uh, white guy riding and they're listening to some gangster rap talking about shooter F a da 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 and singing it word for word and I'm like, huh? And he's like, and the caption is like, I'm, I'm my wife is a writer or whatever. And you're like, okay, I 
I get what you want to do there, but <laughs> like it, it's just the if you ever get a chance, if you ever find a clip and you see that, mm-hmm. and they can listen to me. I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but looking at that, it looks so weird because you're like, yo, know, you would think that the people who live the life, and we do, we listen to the music, we rap word for word, and we get a different feeling. But then when you see somebody that's like, yo, you're like, <laughs> you're like a white kid that lives in a gigantic house and you know all that and like why do you even like our music it it, it really makes me it, it, I think that answers probably what that's probably the answer that you're looking for Tommy yeah like I know it looks like us because we like all right why do we celebrate it so much why do we like this but mm-hmm. and why is it so big why are they so successful and most of the time the the thing is that it isn't us who's making them successful. Yeah. It's perfectly placed. And and you kind of get this example with movies, right? Scarface. Uh, let's take that example. Scarface is full of all that. And it gives the entire idea. And you and if you ask anybody, is Scarface a classic movie? What are they gonna say? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the black community, we're like. Scarface, Scarface, Scarface. In hip hop, Scarface, Scarface, Scarface. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> you know that that's great. But you know, what about the pursuit of happiness? Uh, yeah. He was all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think it just comes down to what sells and people. And, and when I look at that whole story and that whole scenario of like that drug rap, that gangster rap was planted it was so hard for me to believe until I got older and I was and understood all of the factors and I was like yeah that is why that is perfectly why because when me and Tommy would tell you we had a store down the street from where we stayed at called it was called Pruitt it was the red food store yeah, and then they Pruitt. called it Pruitt's it was a guy that sat I didn't in there the red food store yeah right be- yeah before it be- yeah. before they changed the Pruitt's and then before it became Bilo. Yeah. But it was a guy that sat in there with bootlegs, bootleg yep. tapes. Yeah. And me and Tommy walked down there to get us a tape. <laughs> Every time we got what, like $5? I think it was yeah, like 5 was or $10. Like five. Yeah. And we walked down there every single time. Oh man, there's something new out. And we're like, yeah. But <laughs> at that time, we didn't know it was like bootlegs. It was like, oh, he got the tapes and yeah. he got them. And we're like, we couldn't get the cats because cats was on Brainer Road and cats right. was far from us. We, you mm-hmm. know, our moms uh, wouldn't take us, so we walked down to Pruitt's, get us a tape, come back, and listen to it. So, like, looking at that, and it was like, wow. Like, yeah, like, in the hood, normally, you know, we're not the ones really buying the music. Yeah. It's normally your white suburban, yep. you know, kid that wants to be down with this life that doesn't have a clue Yeah, that is that in some instances is really real. Yeah. Um, but of course, when we see the photos, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, it's us in the photos that is, you know, saying celebrated because we're at the shows and, you know, even we're around the homies and it's like, man, that bar right there, give me chills. Cause that like, I've experienced that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus the white kid or the white male, female, or the suburban kid, or the suburban black kid, or, you know, whatever. Because it's not just, I don't want to put it all on suburban white kids, but it's also suburban black kids that are riding down a freeway, rapping it word for word. 
and probably went and picked actually bought the album at you know, but you at cats and you're like uh, at Best Buy and you're like what? <laughs> like, okay, but the, you know, the biggest question or the thing that pops up in head now is is something that we is is basically being a kid from growing up from not having everything, not like basically growing up in smack down in the middle of the hood. And, you know, the stories of poverty, I'm a product of it. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell my wife all the time, it's like, I don't want to be broke. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to make sure that my grandkids and their grandkids make it you know, and don't have to start where I started from. Mm-hmm. Why is it cool to be a part of that 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 environment? Why is it cool to be, lack of better words, poor? You know what? I've always fought with that. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, in college, it was first year, and the teacher asked us in English, write one of our writing classes, write, write, a, write a paper about yourself. And I always hated to do that because I knew my story and it wasn't uh, glamorous or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and literally at the bottom of the paper, I was like, man, please don't ask me to write about my life again. <laughs> and my homeboy looked at it and he was like, man, come on, man, erase that. <laughs> and I, and I, it was always a struggle. And for, see, for us, when we looked, when we're looking through our eyes, most time we're like, we don't want no handouts. We don't want you feeling sorry for us. Cause we know, cause it, it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Cause it feels a, a way towards us. You know, we're like, man, they just feel sorry for you. That's why they are helping you or something like that. And that's been put in our heads. Um, but then on the other end, uh, looking through their eyes, I think is like, for some reason, you know, they see something totally different. Like, man, they really earned, like, we really earned everything we got, like, mm-hmm. and then also, you know, it's, sometimes it's as simple as attention. Like, we tell a story about how we grew up, and we got to where we at, and how hard we worked. Uh, some of their moms and dads may look at that and be like, man, that's really inspirational, and then their kids are sitting there like, well, what the hell am I? Like, chopped liver? Like, yeah. mm. you know, like, because sometimes those stories people talk about our stories after we leave and they like fan like fan out about it. And like, man, that, that's a credible story. Like yeah. you work so hard, this and that. And then the respect that we get, cause we can walk around in these neighborhoods and not be bothered. Whereas if they come down, yeah, you, you're fresh meat. You ain't mm-hmm. from here. Like, who are you? You know? Yeah. Um, and we can go to their neighborhoods and probably walk around. Maybe get some negative attention here or there by possibly the police, but mm-hmm. but you know, we may go up there and take the girls or something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it I really think it's the intent the attention and then also what's put out in the world of like we have this respect that you know they can't earn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. we we really have, like, even though they don't know the level, because, you know, like I've always said, I ain't the worst of the worst, but I've been, I'm, I've been in them, you know, been around. And, you know, when folks, hey, that's, that's Steve. He good. 
don't nobody bother versus, you know, I've seen where some people come around, they're like, man, what's up with you, man? You you kind of you kind of weird, man. <laughs> and they're not really weird. It's just you ain't from here. We can see. Yeah. You know? yeah. So and it's mm-hmm. crazy because you got some of these kids that wants that so bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I really think, think it boils down to attention. Just want it so bad. That's the dumbest thing in the world. Kind of like, bro, like, it's crazy because most most rappers, a lot of people, most most people that we know grew up similar to how we grew up. You know, we didn't have everything, but we got we got the necessities. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We got what we needed to get to where we are today. And like the biggest thing that I think about is how do I set my child up to where she wants the things that she wants and not have to struggle to get it? Because it was like, you know, we never went hungry. You know what I'm saying? But we all we always had food to eat. It may not be what we wanted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. always a meal there. Mm-hmm. Um the simple thing is, as far as owning the home, like those are those are situ- things that, like we want now, you know, understanding what it means. But back then, it didn't mean nothing to not own a home. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to for my parents not to own a home, and now thinking about it, it's like, well, why didn't they own a home? Mm-hmm. Why did they rent? Why did we live with my grandma? You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. We appreciate it because it got me where I am today. And, uh, you know, I understand, like, why people deal drugs or, or you know, steal, rob. And I understand, like, some of it. But a lot of it is like, well, why won't you try to put your attention somewhere else? But a lot of it is, this is what I've seen the mm-hmm. richest people in around me. These are the superheroes that that I have, and these are what these superheroes did. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just never understood why that behavior is, is like, desirable. Because for me, I never want to grow, live, I don't want my child to live the way I had to live. Mm-hmm. You know? And and normally that's the goal. I right. Think, I think what happens is, so I think there's two things. I think there's another part that we forget is that you know, we know the person who, who, you know, most time we know that person. We all know a person who like really struggled, and then when we make it, like we celebrate them because like they made it. And I think that's the part of you know what I'm saying some of the music why we celebrate it because like even though yeah we know what they're talking about is like just like detrimental, but it's like that's really their story. So it's mm-hmm. like. So, you know, sometimes we we look at it as, man, that's really his story. And we happy that he made it out and he don't have to do that no more. Or she don't have to do that no more. Because mm-hmm. um, we really know that, like most yeah. times we really know that person or somebody that is that person. Oh, hell, we are that person at, at some times. And then for the, the other side, it's like, I, I want to know that person. I want to experience that. And something mm-hmm. they have such a hunger that they want to experience it. Like, why? Like, right. like this isn't <laughs> no. Like we did and, this to get out, right? Right. <laughs> not it was, it was to come out for in. Me you know what I'm saying? To come in. <laughs> and then also, I think as a flip side, because now we got, I think we don't think about them as well. Like, all right, what if I did see it through this suburban kid's eyes? Like, and then you're kind of like, 
dang, yeah, your life kind of does suck, even though you have everything. It kind of right. like, yeah, you like your mom's never, your mom and dad is always gone. Y'all don't do barbecues. Y'all don't hang, talk at dinner. They're always working. Y'all don't sit together. And then for us, it that was that was just something basic that that's was basic necessities that we have. Like, hey, we hey, we might not have a kitchen table to sit at, but we all in the living room in front of TV and we right. eat and we talk yeah. and we have barbecues and we make the best out of whatever it is. And it becomes enticing to them. Like, I want a piece of that. I want that attention. Like, what if I was like this? It's kind of like the 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 jock at school, you know? Like you have one that is like he's set up for all of the success to be great and play football. His dad's name is on the, the damn banner in the, in the school. And he's, you know what I'm saying? Like you're expecting him, but he's great athlete because he comes from all that. But then this one kid comes, he's natural and he's better mm-hmm. and he's a beast. And now everybody's like, yo, him, he's hard. Like he, he's unstoppable versus, you know, just a week ago, uh, Mr. Randy James son over there. You know what I'm saying? We we know what to expect. He's gonna be great, you know, whatever. But then you got somebody that comes like, man, like if you know his story, you will want to celebrate him and make sure he keeps going. And the other guy starts feeling some way, like, dang. Yeah. Why just, he got the fresh eyes. That's just you know? jealousy, man. Yeah, and some sense, yeah, it's jealous of weird people. to say that is a real, that is a really weird concept. That it's, it's just, it's just jealousy or envy, um, yeah. like people celebrating the uh, the more impoverished people and people who have more of a struggle. It's just like a, a weird envy of just like mm-hmm. I wish, I wish I had that same struggle because, like I think you said, Steve. It's like an attention that comes with it. There's a celebration yeah. that comes with it. Like, ah, oh, yeah, this man overcame the odds or she overcame the odds. That kind of thing. It's like, you yeah. ain't overcame shit because your shit was straight. <laughs> like, you was good. You didn't have to overcome nothing. But people don't appreciate that at all. Like, we don't appreciate if you didn't have no kind of struggle. We don't think that this... Uh, it's almost like you're not even... Um, you don't deserve the success you get because you didn't have to struggle. But that's that's so it's it's all oh, it's so fucking weird because that's like what as a parent that's why I bust my ass. Yeah, yeah. You but know we what see saying? this. Think about it. We see this in rap too. Like it's crazy when we, when we find out that that wasn't really your life and you lived in this big house and you was good. Like I said, we'd be like. Oh yeah, you fake, bro. We we don't rock with you. Like, <laughs> why do you even feel to even want to like lie right. about or live someone else's life? Like, it is. It's it's the weirdest thing, but it's, it's it, it it all delves down to human emotion, and it's like, bro, it's just attention. Like the conversation. I've had this conversation with some folks before, and I'd be like, hey, bro, like you shouldn't feel like. I always say this, like our conversation about our stories becomes, you know, like a big thing, public thing. Whereas the convers, like where the conversation to keep the kid who got everything to keep him going becomes a side conversation because like ours is, is really intended to inspire. Like you can get here too. Mm-hmm. And it's really for the people that 
are growing up like us, whereas you do have some folks who look at their story and it's like, well, how do I fit in that story? Because I want to be inspired by this story. Or I want my story to inspire. And sometimes it's a private conversation like, bro, you good. You got everything. Cherish that. Because I didn't. Yeah. And keep going. Like, don't let that. But the world, the way it works is like, who gets the big movies? <laughs> like, yeah. well, I just said Pursuit of Happiness. That was about a man who you know, lost everything and yeah. fought to get back. But it wasn't about the folks in that office who gave him the opportunity because mm-hmm. shit, they were fine. <laughs> you know? Like this. <laughs> that's that's the truth, though. It make it seem like once you make it, that's the end. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the end of the story and nobody needs to pay attention from that point on. It's mm-hmm. like once you get prosperity, there's there's nothing else to to achieve I remember having a conversation. This shit gonna go on and on. Continue the conversation. We can do that. Sorry for people who listening who may not get to hear it all. But that I just got a lot yeah, that I can bro, say about this. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it full circle. Um I was thinking about this earlier. So Based off of what you what you said, what you were saying, uh, Greg, was like people, damn, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I got it so I can wrap this in a pretty bow and end this on a sweet note. Um okay, this is how I said legendary mindsets. Like people die. Everybody's gonna die. Mm-hmm. And like we said, the stories that people had to overcome so much, so much to get to the, t- to the top of the mountain. Now, the thing is, how do you build upon that mountain? And that's your legacy. That's the people. How do you make your name be remembered for generations upon generations upon generations? Like, it's 2000, 2021, and in 1968, Martin Luther King died because of something he stood for, something he believed in. But his legend, his name still rings bells. He's still so important. You look at uh, DMX, and I use DMX because of, you know, he's his recent death and how big of an artist he was. Um, his name is going to be remembered in time forever because of the things that he had to overcome, but it does not stop there. So the next generation of, of DMX, his children or his children's children are able to eat. And that's the story. They're able to eat off of what he did or how he bust his ass and what he came from. They don't have to live the same life that he lived. Now they can build whatever life they want to live based off of what he built for them. And that's the that's the second part of the story. It doesn't have to to stop with that one. Yeah, that's what that's why I, I, I feel like the problem with that is like that's that's the boring sequel. Right? Don't nobody want to be the boring <laughs> sequel. Everybody <laughs> want to be like the action packed beginning. They want to be the DMX. They don't want to be the per, the person that came after DMX who carried on his legacy because it's still his. It ain't yours now. Right, right. But it, it becomes like that's a that's the thing. It's like you try to learn, like I always tell people, um, like when I talk about my dad and my granddad, I'd be like, I should have been a mechanic. Mm-hmm. 
because my granddad was a mechanic, but my dad was a better mechanic. But my dad didn't show me the beautiful side of being a mechanic. Mm. And that's where it's that's why I stopped, because you think about it. My granddad was. um, My granddad was born in 1936 or 37, right? So 20 years from there, that's what, 57. So in 1957, the cars, let's say, you know, he was a mechanic at 20. The cars that were made were completely different from the cars that was made in 1981 or 82. That's when my dad was 20. The cars that were made in, uh, when, when did I turn 20? Shit, in 2007, completely different from a 1981. You know what I'm saying? So the technology was even different. Yeah. So it's, it's hey, they build, because they had their own shop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, they build this shop. One thing that I found out about my dad and my granddad's shop, they rented this shop until they lost it, until, you know, they had to close the business. So the thing that the thing that I bring into it, well, I'm gonna buy a shop. You know, I'm gonna open up a shop and I'm gonna buy the building. Now I own it. You know what I'm saying? They owned the business, but they didn't own the place where they worked out of. Mm-hmm. They were great mechanics, but it was just them. Let me employ some other mechanics. Let me do this. Let me open the school. So there's my legacy. You know what I'm saying? I still could have did all this stuff, but I never found the beauty in being a mechanic. Only thing I saw was my dad come home, he's dirty, and all of his demons that he had to deal with. So I never was able to see the beauty, and that's the thing when it comes to um, your legacy. Show the beauty in what you do. Show Show your children why you do the things you do and why you like it or why you love it. That's why it's so important that you do things that you love because then you can build a legacy and they can build a legacy based off of what they've been shown. And so that's how I want to end this thing. man. <laughs> that's my full circle on this thing, man. Um, yeah, we're going to have to definitely continue this conversation because it's so many places I want to go with it, man. Um, once again, I'm gonna just leave it right there. Do you guys want to say anything before I before I end this thing? Um, go ahead. Right. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so uh once again, thank no, you guys. I was gonna say something. Oh, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm finna yeah, end this thing. Gracious, man. <laughs> go ahead, Steve. What in the world just happened there? I don't uh, know. No, um, that's why I, I try to remind folks and I've told G this, I've told you this, I've told a lot of people this, the journey is way more important than the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the story, but the journey is way more important than the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if all you see at the end is the shiny things and all you see at the beginning is ground zero, but you don't know how anybody got there or how they changed, then yeah, you'll never see the beauty in mechanic. Yeah. But that story in between there is what is going to uh, is the most important part because that is where everything really happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is where the beauty is shown. That is where the change comes in. And you know, uh, you know, when we get to 
you know, the, the beginning and we get to the end, we always got to learn to, you know, celebrate those, those wins, mm-hmm. you know, continue to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate these people while they still there. Because just like you said, the story doesn't end. A new story begins. Yeah. Hey, it might not be as grimy and gruesome as the first one, but there's, you know, there's beauty in the new story as well. Just follow it. Cause you never know where it's going to go or how big someone's going to be or, or, what else that person has to give to this world or to the people in it. So, mm. you know, I know the, 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 all the, the sex lies and drugs and all that sales, but there is, you know, there is more to the story. So hopefully at some point, I hope everyone gets that point and just kind of look at the journey. Yeah, absolutely, man. Y'all niggas wrapping shit up like, <laughs> Fucking kings, bro. I'm over here like, damn, these folks over here speaking, bro. I really do agree. I do agree with what you just said, uh, Steve, and you too, uh, Tommy. Like, and maybe that's the next level is, is just showing that beauty. I like what you touched on, Tommy, when you said you never got to see the beauty of mechanic, yeah. like being a mechanic. It's just like that's the next level. Like you said, mm-hmm. is is showing how the next level is beautiful, and like we have to, as people, we got to do a better job of like once we get past like the rising action of the story of the legacy like still paying attention to the quote unquote boring parts like the parts where it starts to get boring it's like it's still a story and, mm-hmm. and you might be missing some shit and that's why we, we keep getting like y'all said those suburban people who reaching mm-hmm. back into poverty all the time for like a, a spark like people mm-hmm. always reaching back to that because it's the origin like well that's where they got the energy so we got to go back to the source it's like, it's some energy in that next step, too. You just right. got to pay attention to that as well. You got to look in there and be like, damn, what's making this person continue mm-hmm. even after they've gotten to a place where they feel better? Yeah. So. There yep. it is. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Speaker Geekers podcast. If you haven't already, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, also, follow us on Instagram at Speaker Geekers podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Tommy T the third. You got Steve at the great Steve O Steve, and you got Greg at instantly underscore G. Um, yeah. Also subscribe to us on all platforms where you stream podcasts, the audio from. Um, yeah, dog. Great discussion, guys. Um, this one is definitely uh we're probably gonna continue the conversation somewhere. So yeah. um I look forward to this conversation. Um, also, uh, Mother's Milk is coming out soon. I think we're going to have them on next week. So that mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun. Uh, this new podcast that 3AMP is uh, actually producing for um, Artika and Crystal. Um, you know, so you guys will get to meet them next week um, as well. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. You guys got anything else to say? <laughs> I, uh, I think we said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is, man. I'm out. Peace. Peace. Peace out. Peace out.